Hi, this is Mav. Before this episode starts, I just want to let you know that we had some technical problems during the recording, which led to a little bit of audio distortion in several parts. Sometimes you might hear some static or some distorted voices. I'm sorry about that. I did my best to correct it during post, but mm, it's not perfect. Hopefully you enjoy the episode anyway. And now, on to the show. Pilot? What's a pilot? Well, you know the show's on TV? I don't watch TV. Yeah, but you are aware that there's an invention called television, and on this invention they show shows, right? Yeah. Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows, and on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Become nothing. the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Wayne and Hannah. How's it going, guys? Good. See, I, I, I did perfect intro there. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah, this no, time. No edits this week. <laughs> That's right. It makes it a lot easier. What are you guys been up to? Wayne, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm prepping. I'm doing a thing at Pitt this Thursday, which if you're listening to this was last Thursday or maybe <laughs> two Thursdays ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was invited. There's a colloquium on Thursday. Uh, I wrote a paper on Uncle Scrooge and Carl Barks and global hegemony, and I'm doing a response to it. So, so yeah, so the word hegemony has already been thrown out tonight, so we can mark it off. <laughs> well, can we maybe like create a bingo uh, of the show like Hannah complains about Jane Eyre uh, like Mav w- talks about the Lion King <laughs> I'm done with Lion King's out and, and already made me a bunch of money I'm done with that one now it's all about about Joker and Frozen and I don't know if you checked the box office updates but I am catching up actually you you had a big week this week as we record because it came out yeah but like okay look let's say it was the best movie I'm saying that Critics should stop whining about being two hours and 46 minutes because, like, it doesn't feel that long, actually. And uh, I'm not saying it succeeded 100%, but I did appreciate that they actually tried to develop as many characters as they did. Also, I didn't, I wasn't scared at all. I laughed throughout the entire thing, but then I went home and I had a nightmare about Pennywise, and it was very scary. And I don't know why I didn't share that with, like, everybody who also, listens to the show. The, 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 the book is 3,274 uh, pages long. I mean, it's a whole book. <laughs> something, something like that, yeah. It's like it's a long it, yes. Also, can we talk about no one picks Doctor Sleep? <laughs> we all are idiots when none of us pick the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, I, I read I read the book for a review for the Post Gazette a few years ago, and I'm in general a pretty big fan of Stephen King novels, and I thought Doctor Sleep was terrible. <laughs> but the movie actually looks more interesting than The Shining did. I yeah. actually find The Shining Please very boring. Please address hate to Wayne and Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the movie might redeem it, but I, I just, I found, and I, I said this in the review, at no point did I feel the protagonists were in any bit of danger from the villains of the piece. They were, I, I found them to be a joke, and the main characters were just far more competent and powerful from the beginning, so I felt no sense of, there was no sense of threat in that book for me. Also, we should do a no. show on Stephen King, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't really like Stephen King, um, and so that's where you can send the hate mail to me, I guess. I like the Shining yeah. a lot. Um, I, it's so boring. Yeah, and there's a big run of his stuff in the '90s that, if they were the first books of his I'd ever read, I'd never would have read another one. But uh, I have gotten back into the last few years. So, guys, let's do a Stephen King podcast for Halloween. <laughs> we should. We should. You said, well, maybe. I mean, I, I, I might just be like, uh, okay, yeah, that's book I've heard of. <laughs> see, see if we can get him on. That, that, Stephen, write us a review. Uh, does he have a show coming out, or did it already start? The show that was like all of the Gary shows, and it's like there's like a Stephen King universe TV show. Yeah, uh, Castle Rock. Did it already start? And is it like 
I think that was on. Oh, has it been canceled already? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was on some streaming thing I don't get. It's premiering next month. Okay. It's premiering in October, and J.J. Abrams is an executive producer. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry, and by premiering next month, I meant second season. Ah, so yeah, so start last year. So screw that. And this, is, this shows you that I don't watch that show. Um, so we will not be talking about that pilot. <laughs> but this is my clever transition into our topic, which for this week is um, television pilots. So as always, we want to have guests. So we thought we'd bring a couple of experts in the field. <laughs> oh boy. I would like to introduce Dan and Jen Greenwald. Hey, guys. Hi, Mav. Hey. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, you guys have a show about TV pilots. Yes, it's uh, it's called the Pilot Season Podcast, and we only watch a pilot episode. Uh, it's almost always something that neither of us has seen, or it's been we haven't seen it since we were you know in short pants. And uh, yeah, we watch it, we review it, we have some fun with it, you know. And how many of you done? Uh, we just recorded our thirty first episode uh, two nights ago. We, oh, wow. we we did Baywatch. Oh, Baywatch is a, <laughs> Baywatch is a better pilot than it is a show. I would we see, so the, so the pilot was actually a two hour made for TV movie, right? Um, and the and the so the production value was like amazing. Uh-huh. Still very cheesy because it was nineteen eighty nine. It is very dated, but I've seen yeah. it and it's yeah, it is. It was enjoyable in a sense. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, so we thought for this episode we'd kind of go over a few things. What makes a good pilot? What are the best pilots? What are the worst pilots? What makes it work? What makes it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, the way television has changed with regard to pilots since you know the dawn of time till now, <laughs> because cause I think I think pilots are very different in 2019 than they were in 1989. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think the purpose of a pilot is very different in 2018 yeah. than it was in 1989. So starting with Baywatch, so you guys liked it, but here's what I remember about it, and it's been years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to use this term lightly. It's a real movie with a real plot. I'm not going to say it's good. <laughs> I'm going to say it's like, like they watch the show that I remember is let's sit here and watch Yasmin run. Yeah. <laughs> Slow motion, boobs bouncing, um, yeah. hair bouncing. Everybody's wet and glistening. Yeah. And then like somebody drowns. Mitch saves him in a really ridiculous way. Tracheotomy with a pen. And then like really crazy stuff happens. Maybe a pro wrestler shows up or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like the show was ridiculous. But the mm. first episode, and I think even maybe most of the first season is like sort of a, oh, we're just going to do yeah. a, a cop show, but on the beach. I feel like the first season was a little bit more legit because it was actually on NBC. It hadn't gone to syndication yet. Yeah. So, and, and if you remember, like Parker Stevenson was also like the co-star. Mm-hmm. And so I think that brought a little bit more um, like legitimacy to, you know, it wasn't just the Hoff manning the real man. actor. Parker, Parker yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was Frank Hardy. Come on. Hardy boys. Come on. Where, where, where are my Hardy boy nerds out, out there? Um, but uh, I feel like after the first season, I, I think um, Parker Stevenson left after the first season. Then it went into immediately like got canceled and then they it went into syndication and that's when it actually became huge. Yeah, there's like a two-year gap, too. Yeah. Between, like, season one and season two. Yeah. So. <laughs> Wayne, Hannah, have you guys ever even seen it? Or no? No. no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I ever saw an entire episode. Of Baywatch. Yeah, I feel. I feel like my mother was like, "This I, I don't is know boring." What I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> it is barely a show. I was watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> it's they're they're basically. I feel like the episodes are just basically like mm-hmm. forty three minute like music video montages. <laughs> so that's a good way to put it. Um, if you actually like, I've seen a, I've seen an interview about it. Some of them are short. Like some of them are um, not. They didn't have forty three minutes of content, so they would have thirty seven minutes of content, and that's what all these slow motion running for fill up time yeah it was I, they were stretching out time in order to make their 43 minutes yeah so I, and i imagine they, they when i saw the slow motion i just thought one of them had a bionic leg <laughs> actually like the connection to sailor moon like every yeah. episode mm-hmm. almost they would reuse like the transformation scenes when they like transition from like normal girls to superheroes <laughs> so in a way it's like they watch it is, it is a very really anime-esque trope of of the slow motion mm-hmm. transition scenes and yeah it's a um, um, well, since you guys have done 31 episodes, at least so far for you guys, what's the best pilot you guys have done so far? Oh, um, you don't have to agree. You could, you might have, to. I mean, I don't know in terms of, um, 
Oh man, I don't know. In, in terms of just like fun or just like, I would say I probably had the most fun watching. I, I would say Baywatch is up there. Uh, we also did a, uh, we, we watched the pilot for Acapulco Heat. Oh my God. If you remember Acapulco. I, I remember Acapulco Heat. <laughs> I watch a lot of television. <laughs> um, and and um, some that... Acapulco Heat and Senator Baywatch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> with just with more guns. And Fabio. I guess. Um, one that kind of uh, got me with uh, nostalgia. We watched the um, pilot for ER, which was kind of fun because that was a time when Anthony Edwards got top billing over George Clooney. Yes. You know, Goose from Top Gun was <laughs> was the star. <laughs> um, I don't know. I what, think from a nostalgia perspective, also the Wonder Years was <sighs> a good one for me. Um, it just, just I, I remember sitting there and just the whole time thinking, oh, 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 Kevin, oh, winning, oh, Wonder yeah. Years. But um, yeah, I think uh, from a different perspective, the perspective of what pilot did I watch that made me really want to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, the big one for me was Twin Peaks. Yes. And I, I was the wrong like age group at the yeah. time. Yeah. I was, I think I was just a hair too young or my friends weren't into Twin Peaks. I don't know. I, I did not watch it. It was hard it was, to be, I mean, I was, I was a teenager. It's a hard mm -hmm. show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never watched it until we did this podcast. Yeah. I really loved mm -hmm. it back then. Well, the, the pilot was like everything I wanted and then some. I, I've always been uh, like a, a big fan of, of mysteries. And mm -hmm. for anyone who's watched Twin Peaks, you know, it starts off as, you know, just like a, a murder mystery kind mm -hmm. of thing. It goes off the rails sort of later. Um, but like mm -hmm. first season, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you remember, I mm -hmm. was like, this is my show. Yeah. Do not speak to me. I am watching my <laughs> show. Yeah. You guys kept going. You guys watched the entire, we watched the entire thing yeah. and yeah. the movie, the and, whole thing. Yeah, the movie and the uh, subsequent, like the show, yeah, the showtime. So season. Time. Yeah. I felt like I was, in, and I know I say this all the time, I'm invested. <laughs> like I've invested a season or two seasons or whatever the case may be. I'm going to see this through. So even though it just mm. got weirder and weirder, I mm -hmm. was like, nope, I am not a quitter. <laughs> Have, have you guys read the diary? Yeah. No. no. no the diary of Laura Palmer makes you understand the show oh, okay. <laughs> in ways yeah. that I cannot explain. Somewhere in a box in my house, I have a copy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the shows that you mentioned, ER, I think is a re legit good pilot, really good pilot. Yes, that Wonder, was, yeah. Wonder Years, I'm going to do last, because Twin Peaks I'll do first. Twin Peaks is interesting because it's David Lynch, and who knows what's going on in Lynch's brain. He doesn't even know what's going on in Lynch's brain. <laughs> but, uh, so, that's one of the ones where the show sort of becomes something else from what it started off with. But I think, well, I mean, I was looking at this list online of what makes a good pilot, and one of the things was setting up the premise of the show. Another was introducing all the characters. And for those two things especially, I think Wonder Years is nigh perfect. Like, you know, at the end of that first episode, you know who's important. You know who Kevin is. You know, Paul is, you know who Winnie Cooper is. Mm -hmm. You are in love with Winnie Cooper, which I am to this day. And, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're wrong if you're not. Um, and... I can, then I can also go on the bingo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that I'm a little bit, yeah I, I'm yeah, definitely yeah, in love with Winnie Cooper. She's age-appropriate for me if you ignore the fact <laughs> that we were born in different decades. <laughs> the actress is age-appropriate for me. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because having having like watched that pilot, I feel like I identify more with the dad than I do. Kevin. <laughs> well, I mean, Dan, Dan Loria was perfect as Kevin's father. Yeah, but, you know, and, and, and would you feel different if you'd watched it back then when you were the kids' age? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like this is what yeah. happens with Gilmore Girls because you guys watched that one too, right? Yes. Because like it's it's for the those of you who have not watched Gilmore Girls, it's about three generations of women basically. The grandmother Emily Gilmore, Lorelai, the daughter, and then the granddaughter Rory. And as a kid, I was like, "Yeah, Rory." And now I'm like, "Man, Rory was like the worst." <laughs> like Lorelai really like <laughs> makes sense to me. But then my advisor is like, "Lorelai is very selfish. You should really listen to like what Emily has to say." <laughs> so there we go. Well, another one from from back at the, the Twin Peaks time that is one of my favorite shows was Northern Exposure. Oh, okay. That's a pilot I've watched over many, many times. And that that's still, there's better TV since then, but boy, it still ranks up as one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, third season of that, just episode after episode, just feels near perfect to me. But yeah, but that's another one where the, the pilot episode just 
throws you into the situation. Here's your main character, your point of view character being thrown into, here's his new world and here are all these new people. And it, it very, I think very efficiently set up the the tone of what that show would become. So like, is a good pilot just like letting you know what the premise of the show is about and introducing the characters? I don't know. That, that's what I'm wondering because, so the article that I was thinking of is called the 50 best TV pilots of the 21st century. And I kind of was annoyed because they were like, oh, and they just basically listed every prestige. I mean, it's only 2019. Yeah. So they listed every I think I saw the same them. article. Yeah. And I was like, eh. But they did make, I mean, I agreed with with them on several of the shows. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we just, Lost was on the list. I believe that was number one for you, for you Hannah. It, it, it is the number one yeah. pilot ever. But, that's, but yeah. But, but it, but what I was really, it's, I mean, it's an easy choice. And I, and I agree. I'm not as big a Lost fan as you are. But I agree that that is, yeah. that is quite possibly the best pilot ever, mm-hmm. ever filmed. Now, I mean, it's also a movie that they spent three billion dollars on. I mean, right. <laughs> it's very cinematic. Right. Yeah, it is. Right. But it's yeah. really good. Yeah. But here are the criteria that they use. And I think there's a caveat here, which we can go into. And I think the rules are different before the 21st century than they are for what they're using. But they say, does the pilot have a point of entry? Is it open enough for audiences to stick with it and respond positively? Two, does the pilot have a sense of artistry, outstanding technical elements, writing or acting, which sets it apart from other shows? Three, does the pilot feel complete and already contain the DNA of the show that it would become later? Four, does the pilot feel fresh or is it something I've seen dozens of times before? Five, is the pilot relevant to the rest of the series or does it feel random and detached? And six, does the pilot still hold it today? So I think that there are some good to that and there's some bad to that because I think that with a show where continuity matters, where storyline matters, and I'm thinking of the Wonder Years here, but also Lost, also Twin Peaks, ER a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that you want to have a storyline where for that first Wonder Years episode, it's sort of, you think you're just being introduced to all the characters. You think that you're learning about, okay, this is going to be a cutesy little thing about a 13-year-old boy falling in love with a 13-year-old girl. And I've seen this show before, but I'll watch it because it's quaint and sweet. And oh my God, they killed her brother. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, yeah. and I mean, I said, like, because I could tell you, like, I, I mean, again, I'm their age. Part of my falling in love with Winnie Cooper was, you know, I watched that live after the Super Bowl um, when, it, when it came out. And I was of the age where, you know, I mean, first off, Danica McKellar, I mean, it's weird because she's cute to me in real life now, but she was definitely cute to me Mm -hmm. at 13 when she was also 13. And um, watching that is just like, you know, they they set you up to like sort of feel for all three of the main characters, for Paul, for um, Kevin and for and for Winnie. And then they kill Winnie's brother in Vietnam at a time where in my life, you know, there's no war, but I know what war is. And I just like I understood. It's like, wow, you like this girl and you want to tell her you like her. And oh, my God, her brother's dead. What do you do in that moment? And that just that sets the tone for the entire rest of the series to me to where I can watch it now. And the through line from there till the final episode makes perfect sense to me and always has. ER is a little different because you have a story that has some tension and there's a, you know, there's a, they throw you for a loop at the end where um, Julianne Margulies might die or right. might not, but, but that's not really what the show is about. It, I mean, it, 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 it's an ensemble cast. Yeah. You can skip an episode of ER. You can skip three episodes of ER. Yeah. It, yeah, right. it's I mean, more that, episodic. Yeah, well, and and that's it. You started starting with things like X Files and, mm-hmm. and Twin Peaks. The whole idea of that ongoing narrative, where if you miss something, it was really important. You know, that that changed things. Mm-hmm. It definitely changed after you know yeah. the last twenty years. I was just gonna say, I, I just feel like in general, though, like pilots just have to be watchable because there are many that are not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, you're like, how did this get on air? Uh, and like. And uh, and some of them, like, we can talk about shows later that, like, had bad pilots and turned out to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, I, I think that, like, like The Good Place, which I love. Second best show on television, yes. It's the best show on television. <laughs> um, bingo, bingo. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> Let's just play bingo where you have to cover the entire card. How about that? Um, someone can, you know, make that on a t-shirt, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, like, like The Good Place isn't like a standout pilot. Like the show gets 
like repeatedly better as like the mm-hmm. it goes on, but it's not a bad yeah. pilot. I, I agree. Or like Agents of Shield, like it's not bad. It doesn't it's, necessarily yeah. it's introduce you to what the show is. Yeah. But, but that was, and I think those are two really good examples. And I'm going to I'm going to spoil Agents of Shield a little bit because it's been long enough. I'm going to try yeah. to not spoil Good Place, other than very very vaguely. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dramatically changes midway through that season because of situations outside of their control. They were responding to the Marvel Universe films, and then Winter Soldier comes out and blows up the premise of the show, and it becomes a better show for it, like a much better show for it after um, after Winter Soldier comes out because it's just a, I mean, it's just a spy drama that's not very interesting. It was not, very, very bland. Yeah, it's, it's formulated. Mm. It's fine. They were afraid to take chances. And then, like, and then Winter Soldier happens, and they're like, oh, by the way, there's no S.H.I.E.L.D anymore and they're like but we're doing a show and they're like i don't know to tell you so they had to respond to that and it becomes a better show for that so definitely a different show after like 10 10 episodes in or whatever mm-hmm. good place um again without spoilers is a very different show i don't know hannah you've seen it more you know four five six episodes in like you i mean honestly like the show and this isn't really a spoiler blows up its premise sometimes almost every episode yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what i was getting ready to say it, it yeah. changes its status quo on right. a really yeah. regular basis which is part of what i find really enjoyable about it okay so from just trailers the thing that everybody knows about the show without any spoilers is a woman goes to heaven and she should have gone to hell that's the premise of the show so you know how do i survive there but like it's you know the status quo massive changes oh i don't know three or four episodes in and then just keeps changing mm-hmm. you know like there, yep. like there's there's way more to the show than that so i don't know that you can do a show that is the good place and give you the entire premise on the first episode because it wouldn't be very interesting after that i mean right. i mean like yeah yeah but like right, you know like right. lost um like you get the general idea of lost from the pilot yes but like i always say that the premise of lost is yes partially about the mysteries but is, is also mostly about how people are mysteries and like they grow and change mm-hmm. and how they like interact socially with one another mm-hmm. and how important it is to have certain people in your life their their cinemalism <laughs> not mine probably but like john locke is probably the second most important character on mm-hmm. that show um and you don't find out anything about yeah. him besides like a couple of like shots of the camera until like the third episode whenever he gets his big episode yeah so uh, you know like I, I guess this is a question i had because i was thinking about lost and game of thrones which are two prestige pilots almost everyone will say whether they like yeah. the show or not these are good pilots uh, of course, I, I of course say I don't care about the Game of Thrones pilot because Brienne's not in, so like whatever. But here's here's the thing: Lost for all of like it's like blowing up its premise a little bit and changing over time. Like they had the last shot planned out. Like the first shot is, and I can spoil this, I guess. Jack opening his eye, and the last shot is Jack closing his eyes, and it, like it, it's very circular. And I recently saw someone complain about the Game of Thrones pilot because the first thing you're introduced to is the White Walkers. And they say, like, you know, like the establishing shot, like, tells you in a pilot what is important to the show, right? And, of course, for those of you have, who have listened to our uh, <laughs> season eight hate fest um, slash watch the show, you know that, like, the White Walkers end up not mattering at all after episode three. Um, so, like, is it fair to, like, retroactively judge a pilot based on, like, where the show ends up going? I don't think so. If you go back, I don't hate it as much as other other people because, okay. love it or hate it, they definitely gave you certainly six and a half, I'd argue seven and a half quality seasons of television. No. <laughs> like, like, there's there's some things that I don't love about that last season, but overall, I mean, I, it, you know, it was fine, and I love those first, like, five or six seasons a lot. It was It wasn't great. Again, I've watched far worse shows on television. I, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones no. season eight is not as good as seasons uh. one through six. Absolutely. So it's not as good as one of the best shows in the history of television. I fine, <laughs> but it's, but it, I don't think that anything that happens, even on the final episode of Game of Thrones, which I agree is just dumb in so many ways, right? 
it, it does not kill the enjoyment that I had of watching not just the first episode, because the first episode, you know, the hook is really in those that last 30 seconds when they when they push Bran out the window. I, I, I enjoyed it before that. But those first three episodes of, you know, I got to Game of Thrones a little late. I think we binged without getting up to going into the bathroom. We binged like the first three or four episodes. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. So like it doesn't it doesn't negatively affect that any more than the fact that Parks and Rec and Office, which became much better shows after their first seasons. Mm-hmm. They don't like like if, if you're going to go back and rewatch The Office, skip the first season. It's fine. <laughs> you know? We never do though. We always we always start from the beginning. And, yeah. and I I don't know. I, I've been thinking about the about Parks and Rec a lot, and you guys you know beat me to it. Like it's amazing what it became because the first season really wasn't that good. But we we rewatched it so many times. It's like my favorite show, and we yeah always I, start from the beginning. It I feel like it's part of the process or something. Yeah, you know. Well, plus plus we have the advantage of knowing that. It gets better so <laughs> so so i can I, and i don't even want to say suffer through because i still find some enjoyment out of those first seasons of the office and parks and rec that i still get a chuckle and you know i still like getting introduced to the characters and okay. you know but um again each season's only six episodes i'm like oh, okay as soon as season two hits it's like bam yeah. off to the races it's like you know and they're half an hour each right and Minus, you, with no commercials right, 20, you're streaming 20, 20 minutes, minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know it's a, it's like man i just got to get through this first season season two it's like it's a new day you know <laughs> you're off to the you know it's just great I, and, and that's one based on the pilot i i've never watched another one i just could not get the vibe on parks and rep at all push I mean, through it wayne it, push yeah. through yeah, it's a different yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, just skip to the end of season two. Yeah, Parks and Rec. I can I can sort of see a through line. Leslie develops from the, from the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, Office. Steve Carell, the character who is uh, of Michael Scott from season one, and the character of Michael Scott from season two are just different people because they ran out of scripts. And yeah, and it. I mean, like the, that guy can't become that guy. Kelly Kapoor, same thing. Like they are fundamentally different characters. Absolutely. Once they're writing their own scripts, but Parks and Rec, I see development, but still, it's irrelevant. Yeah. The first season's in. You, you, I mean, actually, like going back and watching it for me after watching the rest of the series, I actually came to appreciate season one more mm-hmm. because certain characters like Andy like make more sense if you watch the first season. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of always a dick. So yeah, so introducing you to the characters, I guess, is important. So think about like old, you know, pre 2000 pilots to complete your bingo card. I will once again link in the show notes, one of my favorite books, The Revolution Was Televised by Alan Sevenwall, which I've mentioned several times on the show. Before the streaming revolution with, you know, your X-Files, your Sopranos, Buffy, maybe when serialized television became really important, whether you're talking about something like like Gilligan's Island, where the order of shows doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And or you're talking about even like continuing dramas like a Dallas or something like that. I, I think your pilot wasn't you didn't really need a premise like Breaking Bad. First episode is like, here's your main characters. Here's a problem. This is going to drive the rest of the show. Yeah. Everything will develop from this. Dallas, it's just like, okay, you got a family. Okay. I just want to meet the Ewings. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, you know and, and you're off to like, you know, this is JR. This is his brother, Bobby. And it, the first episode of all those shows of these 70s, 80s, the 60s, Gunsmoke, mm-hmm. they effectively serve the, the purpose of the Gilligan's Island or Brady Bunch theme songs, right? It's just introducing you to people so that you can follow the show. Yeah. And I don't, think i don't think we do television that way anymore i think wonder years is a rare exception back then because it's like okay everything's going to drive from then but even wonder years you can skip episodes of you don't mm-hmm. skip an episode of breaking bad oh no like absolutely it, it, i mean some people hate like the bottle episodes like the fly the fly is one of the best episodes of television no, it, it's brilliant um mm-hmm. and i think they all matter in a way that i think everything after the first season of the office matters a lot even the first season matters a little bit mm-hmm. like recent shows it would be weird to skip an episode of good place it, it would be real weird it would be weird to set, skip an episode of riverdale that show on television it would be no. <laughs> um, but well but any of the, any of the shows like that you could do it you'll catch up but there's a but it it would feel like skipping a chapter of a novel in a way that er was one of my i loved er and er there are 22 episodes a season eight of them matter <laughs> i mean they you know like mm. there, there's a couple there's a couple key points every season maybe only four um you know you need the, you need the first episode of the season you need the last episode of the season um there'll be a couple of key points like maybe a character will die there'll be a driving or or something but for the most part you can you know you can skip around yeah. in er and they'll, it's fine. they'll always have a couple of 
like cameos, cameo <laughs> appearances, like big stars will drop in yeah. on ER and have a, like a one or two episode storyline. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it, it, it is funny because I was thinking about some of the other shows we've watched, like specifically from the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, we watched like the Dukes of Hazard, Airwolf, the A Team, the Fall Airwolf. Guy. Jesus. And, yeah. <laughs> And these are all shows that are, they're, they're fun and they're great, but they're, like you said, like each, like the pilot just, it, it introduces the characters, but the story doesn't matter because the story, because the story's like week in and week out, it's going to be like, oh, it's the problem of the week yeah. mm-hmm. type of thing. A-team. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we watch the A-team and, you know, and it's like, oh, them, or, you know, we watch Dukes of Hazard and like, oh, them Duke boys are at it again. It's like, that, that's literally that's every problem. week. Yeah. That's Waylon Jennings getting on, you know, he's the, the, the balladeer telling you what they're getting into this week, you know, and that's it. That's your show. So that's like shows like that. You could, like you said, you could skip it. Oh, one, two, three, four episodes and you come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause there were like, there, there were, I mean, they'd have had the occasional like two part episode. Mm-hmm. That was about it. You know, the, the mistakes in those shows, even shows like, like Dallas, Dallas is a continuing narrative, mm. but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the same kind of television show as anything that's come in the last, any drama, certainly that's come in the last 15 years. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, of the sitcoms, um, I was going to say Dallas is, it was an evening sitcom and, or not sitcom, soap opera. Soap opera. And you, yeah, and, and you know, like the daily soap operas, you know, General Hospital has been running five days a week since 1961 or whatever. And, you know, the pilot episode, I'm sure, went, here's a hospital, here's a doctor, go. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I think Dallas was much the same way. Here's the setting, here are these families, here are their relationships. Yeah, you know what a man is, you know what a wife is, you know what a son and a father and a daughter and a mother are. You, you can work everything out for them. Mm-hmm. And, and it kept, you know, like, oh, there's a lost twin and uh, somebody came back <laughs> from the dead and, you know, all that stuff. Where, you know, like, it feels like Breaking Bad and Lost and some of these more modern shows. I mean, there's there's the big premise, there's the hook. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just like, here's a bunch of characters. Oh, let's see what they get into in the next two years. Like, there's, you know, with Breaking Bad, like, here's this guy, he, he, he's diagnosed with cancer, he can't afford it, he's a chemist, he finds a way to pay for his, his medical bills. There's like, you know, there's, is high concept the right word there? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's, that, that premise drives that show through the entire, mm-hmm. all the seasons. In a way that Dallas, like, hey, they're rich, doesn't <laughs> drive the show in the same way. Um, so I, I think there may be something there in the way they, things are set up now. It's not as open-ended. Um, the, there's more of a, a, a overall plot structure to the entire series as opposed to let's set up a premise and see where it goes. I was thinking of you know some of the best shows that I can think of with pilots before this revolution. And I think Wonder Years is definitely up there. There's a definite problem that sets. I think even Friends, there's driving character arc, but the driving character arc is really uh, will they or won't they? You know, can mm-hmm. they did? Will they get back together? You know, same thing. Um, I think same. I think that there's a definite storyline set up for the very first pilot, the very first episode of Friends, because you, you know uh, Jennifer Aniston showed up in dressing room. I think uh, Cheers has a very definite pilot episode where Diane shows up, and the Cheers has, a, has an overarching narrative of Sam Malone's character, and the order matters. But again, skip episodes. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Get a couple of them out of order. It's fine. And I think it's mostly about just sort of introducing you to the premise. I, I think that's good enough for some shows. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld has a pilot that's missing a lane. That's fine. That's funny. She's funnier. Than yeah. The actress the, yeah. The, the Seinfeld pilot is is like like it's it's amazing that Seinfeld succeeded despite his pilot. Well, despite despite his yeah. first season. His first season's very weak. Yeah. See, I, I barely remember it. But Grey's Anatomy, you know, actually only introduced like Alex Karev in like two or three like background shots in the pilot, and that's because mm-hmm. they like came up with his character and cast him after they like filmed it. So, I mean, it's a different time, but they figured out a way around that. Also, I'm thinking of, and I don't know how I've seen these, I Dream of Genie and Bewitched Pilots. I don't know if I've ever seen the Bewitched Pilot. Does um, it even... Like, they, they have, like, a couple of, like, story arcs that are, like, two or three parts, okay. which are really as close to serialization as possible. But, like, you know, the first right. episode sets up the premise of, like, man and magical woman decide to live together in various situations. I how did things happen? But that's every episode. Yeah, because he definitely finds the bottle on the first episode of Gene. Yes. And it's black and white, which I was not expecting because I'd seen 
the other episodes in color. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like the witch, like just sets up like all the main conflicts because, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, yeah, like her mother is even like, what do you mean you married a mortal? Your marriage isn't going to last, which is like literally every episode. Um, an interesting trying to think. So you get this changeover though. It's gradual because I think, um, I think friends, the order matters. And you know, there's a little bit of character progression. Every episode continuity starts mattering a little bit when you get to shows like that. I think that, um, when you get to, I'm going to throw out one from the seventies that had a very definite continuity. You needed to watch an order sitcom called soap. Soap is great. Yeah. And it, but it really, I mean, if you missed an episode, you missed significant things. The, the show moved forward in lots of ways. Well, the, the series finale, which wasn't supposed to be the series finale. It screws you up for life because I still want to know how that cliffhanger ends. Yeah. I always, I always love soap uh, purely because of the, uh, the great recaps they had at the beginning of every episode. Those were amazing. Yeah. Have you ever seen Hannah? No. Mary in the Vein of Jane the Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is a great pilot. And yeah. I think in particular, like, because, I mean, it revolves around her family and, like, also the love triangle. But honestly, like, either way, if she, like, had chosen either the guys at the end of the show and they ended up together, it pilot could have <laughs> made sense. Like, it gave the show enough room to grow, but also made a really strong like wacky premise that I thought was dumb when I heard it be like really watchable. Actually, you can hear me talk about Jane the Virgin on the protagonist podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Plug. (laughs) Um, And and so um, I just lost the thread of what I was going to say there. Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, It was coming out of my mouth and I lost it. Um, Oh, just the, just the, the trivia bit of first, openly gay recurring character in television was Billy yeah. Crystal on Soap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We, we had gay characters appear other places, but uh, that was but not, recurring. Yeah, openly, openly recurring, part of the plot, looking for love. I mean, it was yeah. it, and normalized, normalized pretty much. Yeah, yeah it, was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was not, it was a big deal, but it wasn't, you know, he was not just the butt of a joke. Right. You know, Hannah made a comment about, you know, Jane the Virgin, the pilot feeds into, into the finale. Uh, you said the same thing about Lost. How important is that? I would argue in many ways, um, I'm going to spoilers for Wonder Years, great show that's been over for, you know, three decades. Um, the finale of Wonder Years, I mean, the entire show is a setup of how will Winnie and Kevin get together? And they don't. I mean, they do get together over the course of the show, but the finale of Wonder Years is they sleep together. They have sex for the first time in a barn in the rain. And then she gets on a plane and flies to Europe, you know, you know, I'll see you soon. And then you find out she doesn't come back for like a decade and he's married and they stay friends. But, you know, he and his wife and kids pick her up at the airport. And so they don't have their happily ever after or they do. But, you know, hmm. but you learn what's, what's great about it is like, no, this is a high school relationship. It wasn't supposed to last forever. And that's sort of the point of the show overall. But it's not where you expect it to go. I mean, it works for me because, again, I grew up with that show. But it's not where it feels like that show should go from a pattern. Um, and then, of course, things like, like I said, The Office doesn't work at all because they changed the format of the show. Um, ER very much does work. ER has ER ends with um, and yeah, to a little bit of a callback. ER ends with Rory Gilmore, um, Alexis Bedell, um, essentially in the in the place of where Noah Wiley's John Carter was during the first season. Mm-hmm. So it, it very much has a synchronicity. Like at the end of ER, you feel like oh, the show, you know, their world's going to continue to go. The wheels will keep turning. And there was also the callback to Anthony Edwards' character, but that was her daughter. Yeah, Anthony Edwards' character, and uh, yeah. and also Morris wakes up. Um, in the middle of the, the same way. So there's very much a circular, we're trying yeah. to close this chapter, but continue the world going. And, but I don't know that every show has that. I mean, how, how important is it for a pilot to connect? Now, we did the episodes on uh, finale, season finales of shows, I guess, when we were talking about Game of Thrones or whatever. And I know at the time I talked about Six Feet Under being a perfect ending. Um, and I, I still think that. But after us talking about it, I went back and rewatched the pilot of Six Feet Under just out of curiosity. And I'm now halfway through season four. So that's what happens when you do that. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the pilot was really, really good. It had been long enough since I'd seen it that while I was familiar, familiar with the characters, you know, there were lots of things. And in watching the whole season over again, there's the whole series over again. There's lots of things I had completely, utterly forgotten about. 
But, you know, the first episode, I think, just does a really good job of all that stuff of introducing the characters, introducing the situation, setting up what they're going to do. It doesn't have that driving thing like Breaking Bad or, or Lost, where the, here is the thing that the show is about. Except in a broader, more thematic, the show is about, oh, people die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in rewatching the, the the pilot episode and having such vivid memories of the finale, there, there's that circular thing. It, it really, they set up those themes really very early and they maintain throughout. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think like, so like Jane the Virgin, it was like a good pilot because it does in some ways like what mm-hmm. Wayne's talking about, but like it leaves room for growth. Like, yeah. but at like, like, or like Friday Night Lights, which I don't think we talked about on the Good Finales episode, which was wrong of us because it's so good. Like the first, like, like pilot, like the pilot episode of the show is just really amazing. Sets up like the themes of the show, but you know, by like, like season four, like a lot of the like high school characters graduate. Mm-hmm. So like they're, they're like new main characters for the last two seasons. And there's like plenty of growth, but like there's enough like circularness that like it feels like a complete entity that like didn't completely like like pull some kind of like switch on the viewer. But being circular doesn't always work because and I I know I mentioned it on the Game of Thrones episode because I was I'm so mad and I'll always be mad. You said like season eight doesn't taint your rewatching of Game of Thrones, which is a fair which is a fair like statement but that doesn't always happen i mean like i i think one reason people didn't like season eight of game of thrones is like they try to be circular with things like jamie and cersei and like people were like no that's, yeah. that's not like a thing to be circular about or the best example how i met your mother is a pretty decent pilot i was, I was going to do that how i met your mother i think is a great pilot how i met your mother is a horrible finale because they locked themselves into a circle that they were wrong about Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yes, they like the were wrong about. There was no room for growth. In fact, they like they like let the characters grow for like what eight or nine seasons, and then they were like, "Nope, just kidding." But like, it taints your entire rewatch of the show. Well, okay, not everyone says that, but mm-hmm. lots of people, including me, say that. So, like, you, a bad finale can ruin a good pilot. See, uh, see here's where I'm. Here's where I'm weird about. It. I, I think a bad finale. I don't know that. I- that um, it ruins the pilot for me because I think the pilot is great. Here's how you know, I can fix how I much mother very easily. Just don't watch the last episode because the next to last episode of How I Met Your Mother is a fine finale. And Bar- you know, I met your mother. Barney and Robin got married. The end. <laughs> you know, like that, 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 that's fine. You know, like I, I, I get it. They wanted, you know, they had locked themselves into this idea because it wasn't the pilot. It was the premise. The premise was, and at the end, we are going to show him telling the end of the story to the kids. We are filming it now so that we have it. And they, you know, over the course of what was it, eight seasons, seven seasons, they got away from the from their original idea and they had to backtrack and just gratuitously, oh, I guess the mother dies, I guess, and to, you know, because <laughs> they wanted Robin and Ted to be together. And by the time they got there, I didn't want Robin with Ted. She's better with Barney. It's a better story. Um, and like, you don't end up making, um, you don't end up making the mother into a designated breeder. When we watched the pilot episode of This Is Us, when we got to the end, I was blown away because, it, because you know, they, they crafted it so naturally where you thought all the characters were in the same period of time. It wasn't until the very end that you figured out that, oh no, uh, you know, everyone, you know, the, the three kids are in the present. Jack is in the, what was it like the 80s? And he's their dad and, and this and that. And, and, you know, that to me was like, man, I, I haven't been hooked like this on a show. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we watched the pilot for the podcast, but that's another show that we continued to watch beyond mm-hmm. strictly because of that convention of telling a story where, you know, the, the, you know, the mom and dad, you know, they're, they're, they're telling the stories in the past about the kids and the, you know, in the present and, you know, that was broken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So that that was you know one that got me. You know another hook that um, another show that hooked me. Uh, this was a few years ago. Um, we didn't watch this for the podcast, but this is a show that's been a favorite of mine that I've rewatched the show two or three times. Um, was the Shield, mm-hmm. the pilot episode of the Shield, where you know the 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 cops are are the bad guys essentially, mm-hmm. and they you know at the end the the main character kills another cop. To me, those are like those are pilots that really you know. Those are the ones get me. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question for you. Uh, you you talked about which I don't remember what show you said. Um, I think it was Parks and Rec. You said 
the pilot didn't hook you, so you never went back. Like, is that a I, I, I watched like two or three episodes, and there was just a style to it that just mm-hmm. did not grab me. I wonder if that's, you know, we say the pilot's really important, but, um, you know, in fact, I, I can guarantee you, every Parks and Rec fan that you ever talk to will tell you, just start with season two. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just what people say. But, like, but that's not what people do, particularly in the streaming world, right? Like, the yeah. vast majority of television that we do today is I'm just going to put on a Netflix or a, or a Hulu or whatever, and I'm going to start at one and I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. That's how people consume TV now. I mean, not necessarily even binging all of it in one sitting, but like you watch, you know, I'm going to watch as much Game of Thrones as I feel like watching mm-hmm. today. I'm going to watch as much Friends as I feel like watching <laughs> today. And that's, and then yeah. when I'm done, I'm done. And maybe it's at the end of an episode. Maybe it's not. I don't care. It's, you know, I, I control it. I can come back to it. Yeah. yeah but people started S1E1. Like, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, like they should do with our podcast. Start at the first episode and listen no, to it. No, no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What's in the first episode, you guys? Uh, the first episode's about origins. Yeah. So it makes sense, but... I, I mean, I know that, but what's in the first episode that you're saying no? <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's just, uh, you know, just... You like, have yeah, to watch them all in order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well I, well, I feel like like starting from the beginning with any like you know streaming show or whatever, I, I think that gives the the viewer a sense of ownership, like saying like I was there from the beginning. Yeah, like I started from the I started from episode one when it was still crappy. You know, like like <laughs> like I started Star Trek: Next Generation from the from Encounter at Farpoint when it sucked. The guys were wearing skirts. You know. <laughs> What did do you guys remember when when Buffy okay, started yeah. running? It wasn't in the Pittsburgh market till season three. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, my my first Buffy was first episode of season three, and then I caught the first two seasons in syndication or possibly through early Netflix or something. Um, but yeah, it, it was running like the affiliate running it. We didn't have a Pittsburgh affiliate that that had the the rights to that at the time. So I had a couple friends in other places who were raving about it. Like, yep, like I'd like to watch that. Uh, but so, but I came into it late where they'd already established relationships, and and it was when I did finally go back and watch the first season, it felt really weird because they'd moved past that, and there were new characters, and you know. So, the question here is you like said, well, you can have a good pilot, you can have a crap show, or you and a crap finale, or you can have a really crap pilot in first season, but things can get better. So, like, what is the relationship between like a part of this like whole thing and the whole? Like, is, is the pilot just kind of like a pitch for you? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's. I guess maybe that's it. What is the purpose mm-hmm. of the pilot in our current environment of, of media consumption? I mean, is it you know because like the first chapter of a book, the first chapter of a book needs to hook you with something, uh, but it doesn't necessarily set up the entire world or the entire premise. So you know, is is TV different than a book in terms of what sh- can and should be presented? I think the TV is actually closer to a book than other things because of its serial form. Mm-hmm. And with books, you can have a three-page chapter, whereas with TV, you're kind of locked into an hour or half hour, whatever the format is. So you have to do more, perhaps. Well, yeah, I mean, you did. I mean, like I said, it's you know the world of Netflix now. That's that's not how it is. Like I control the pacing of my, most of my television the same way I do a book. I want to rewind. I want to rewind. Yeah, yeah. You control the pacing of how you receive it. You don't control the pacing of what information they give you. I can't imagine. Breaking Bad, one of my favorite shows, right? I can't imagine being like, oh, people are talking about these, this Breaking Bad show. I'm going to start with season four. Yeah, I think I'm just jumping right in the middle. Actually, I did that. And? Did it work? Uh, it was, I mean, it was fine. I like, I actually like, wasn't, I was like, oh, this is super well written and super well acted. Okay, bye. I'm done. I don't have a compelling reason to watch this. So I did watch the last two seasons of Game of Thrones because it was something to do. And that was fine because it's a totally different show. Mm-hmm. So, wait, so, but you, but you didn't watch all yeah. of Breaking Bad. You're saying so you didn't watch all of Breaking Bad. It didn't hook you because you weren't you weren't invested from the beginning. But Game of Thrones, you were. I I don't think I would have been invested. I I just wasn't invested in the premise because I knew what it was about, so I didn't feel like watching it. Okay. Um, but like I didn't care about Game of Thrones either. I only watched it because Friends, and I mean I cared about mm-hmm. like two characters. Yeah, it's weird because even with sitcoms, I think not everyone, but like a lot of sitcoms, you just don't do that. How I Met Your Mother, if I were going to watch it again, I would watch it from the beginning. I, I would. Um, mm. I, I don't know that. I'm trying to think. Good Place, you definitely don't want to watch from like see, starting in season two of Good yeah. Place is just wrong. But, starting in season, season two of, 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 I don't know, of Riverdale, 
would make no sense. Right. Like, like nothing makes sense. Like a show like Modern Family, which is, a, which is like a current show, like a show like Modern Family, you could just jump in and watch an episode. Yeah, and I have. I don't are, watch Modern Family yeah, every week. I watch it sometimes. But those are, but that's, but, you know, that's definitely a different type of sitcom than like, say, you know, like you said, um, uh, How I Met Your Mother or The Office or Parks and Rec, where relationships and such are already, are, are like mm-hmm. evolving and changing and growing. Whereas Modern Family, you know what you get. You're getting families. Yeah, overall, you could just jump in and watch any episode in any season and not feel lost. So is that, show, is that kind of show dying out? And, and as it dies out, is pilot becoming more important? Yeah, I think the, I think the, um, yeah, the, the pilot is definitely like there. It's becoming more about the show as a whole because I think so many, a, a lot of shows. I mean, yeah, you still have your network shows that come out you know, week after week, but then you've got your your streaming shows that get dropped on a streaming service in one chunk or you know uh, half a season or a season. Yeah, and, and and it's already the the whole thing's already been filmed. Yeah, and, and that's very different than it used to be. I mean, the pilot was used to be there to sell the network on. Mm-hmm. Hey, if we pick up this pilot, then we'll give you money to do more of them. I mean, that's still somewhat the case for broadcast, which I think for broadcast pilots are super important now because mm-hmm. they're competing against so many other networks and streaming services. Mm-hmm. But to the end viewer, you know, that's it's 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 just a different world. I don't know what shows I you know have watched the last few years, and where I I think I, I've gotten to a point where I'm I tend to be more invested in dramas than in comedies. Though I like dramas that have some comedy in them, right? Like there are funny parts of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But but like the I think the the idea of the sitcom is sort of you know the sitcom as it was is sort of dying out. But if streaming shows, I I like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Mm -hmm. but that's that's a sitcom. But definitely you start from episode one or or you know the premise is is set forth in episode. Well, the thing about how many um, how many sitcoms used to have laugh tracks but now don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in the seventies and eighties every sitcom had a laugh track or a live studio audience. Whereas now it's like they're written to a point where they don't need it because they're just, they're funny on their own merits. You don't have to have a a laugh track behind it, making you laugh Mm -hmm. or, you know, cueing you in when you should laugh. Yes. Big Bang Theory was one of the last ones that did that. Mm-hmm. And there was there was a show called Abby's that was very bad that had a laugh oh, track. Okay. I, I didn't watch it. We didn't watch it, but I, I remember seeing commercials for that. Yeah. The pilot gave you what it was going to be, and it was not good, <laughs> unfortunately. So, Dan, Jen, what's what's next on your agenda to watch? Uh, now that we have picked um, our next show. No, we did. Um, it kind of in preparation for tonight, we did uh, spend about I don't know half an hour on YouTube last night watching uh, trailers for this fall's shows. I was so, what, so, what are you looking forward to? Um, well, I think there were two shows that we saw the trailers for that we both thought looked kind of cute. Mm. Um, that Sunny Side, which is a Michael Schur, so it's kind of like yeah, it's the, in a way you can't go wrong. We know a little <laughs> bit of like what we're going to get with him. Yeah, we Cal like, Penn is the is the, um, the star. Yeah, yeah, and we mm. we we like so many of his other shows. Mm. So there's a decent chance that we're we're going yeah, to we'll like at least one. try it. Yeah. yeah. So um, that looked cute, and then that Perfect Harmony. Yeah. That oh, that's the um, Pitch Perfect, Perfect, and uh, and a camp. Yeah. 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 Bradley Whitford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that looks sort of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were there was one, and and you and I didn't even really talk about this one, but um, Living with Yourself. It's Paul Rudd and. I, I, I looked quickly for a trailer. I could, I didn't find one in, you know, I honestly, I spent like two seconds. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there is one or, or what the deal is, but I don't care. <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually in it or he's like producing. Oh, it? he's, he's in it. He okay. may be, I don't know if he's producing or anything else, but so I was thinking a lot about Paul Rudd and how much I, I like him and, you know, he's like evolved from clueless to, you know, where we are today mm-hmm. and he's got his hand in all these things and he's, still acting and he's I believe he's like producing and doing so many things and everything he, he does I like so I didn't see a trailer I want to see the show yeah definitely want to check out him. and the premise of the show is something like um, he goes to a spa to get some kind of a, a treatment and like a, something to improve himself and he is cloned and now he has to learn to live in a world where he lives with his clone um, okay I'm sold so, I'm sold whatever antics you know come about or whatever but again it's like you had me at Paul Rudd and now there are two of them Oh, exactly. Yeah. You have to be Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd. Yeah, you have to be a Paul Rudd's clone. So I think sometimes it's that simple, and maybe I'm just easy. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's Paul Rudd. Like, let's do this. But basically, you know, I want to see it because he's mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, you know, and that's that's all I need for that one. I know another one that I think was kind of uh, looked and said I know you said you'd be interested to was uh, St- uh, Stop Town. Yeah. yeah. Oh, based on the Greg Rucka comic, right? Yeah. yeah. It hasn't totally grabbed me, but I'm interested. Yeah. It, 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 it looks it looks decent. Like you know. Um, 
and um, let's see. I'm kind of interested in uh, the the unicorn, which is a looks like a it's like a comedy, um, but not a not, not like a sitcom looking thing. Um, it's got uh, Walton Goggins as the main character, ah, who was um, I like him a lot. I do too. Yeah, and I mean, and he's probably like most famously known as in he was you know um, in Justified as kind of like the main like uh villain or whatever not really villain it's kind of you know but he was really the, he was the second oh, most he, important he character was amazing he was amazing so amazing in that show and, and yeah and, i mean I, I already liked him as an actor before watching him in justified but i mean his 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 character and that just really just blew me away yeah and uh, of course batwoman <laughs> i want to watch batwoman that looks uh, like fun we're gonna be fans of cw shows here especially riverdale Special. you said riverdale earlier yeah. and i thought thank god you, you watch it because I, yes. I watch it dan does not watch it it's not the best show on so going back to those, the shows that we've talked about that you can just jump in at any point. I can sit down at any point when she's watching and I'll be like, oh, great. This, this show is crazy still. Yeah. And schoolers yeah. are still running a speakeasy. I have that's, it to beat. That, that, yeah. That's what I love. Underground, underground Fight Club? Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> And yeah. then, and then tomorrow yeah. they're going to take the practice SATs. So. He, he fought a bear. <laughs> in in every episode we've seen since, where he takes his shirt off, which is every episode. I he has to put a scar on his chest. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is this is this Riverdale? It's Riverdale. Well, well out there is a, going to be a new Nancy Drew Nancy show, Drew show that was on the CW. Yeah. Oh, there's a Nancy Drew yeah. show. I'm a little. I want to check this out, and too. for a bunch of reasons. Because one, I grew up with Nancy Drew. It's Nancy Drew, right? And I read it. I read a description of the show that was basically like Nancy Drew meets Riverdale. Yes. she's gonna have sex with Ned Nickerson, yeah. like for realsies. Yeah. So you know, it's gonna be a little I'm, bit I'm, edgier, I think. I, I, and apparently, this actress went to CMU, so that's yeah. kind of cool too. I'm oddly less excited about about Kathy Keene than I am about Nancy Drew. I don't know why. I can't. I can't put my finger on why. But I, Nancy Drew, I am so looking forward to as a, as a show. It looks great. <laughs> I'm definitely checking it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they got me with Riverdale. So. Nancy Drew is my childhood. Really? Also, can we talk about Watchmen? Oh, Watchmen! Yeah, that, that's, that's a, a thing a... that's happening that I'm very excited about. Yeah, Watchmen's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming out in October. I'm very excited. Regina King and Damian Lindelof. It's like a dream. I don't. I don't know. And. and this and see, this is not a pilot problem. This is a me problem. It's sort of yeah. like I, I spent twenty years getting excited for Watchmen one time, and <laughs> and I was wrong. And I knew, and, and I was cautious when that when that happened. I was like, yeah. this this cannot live up to what I was to be, and it didn't. And and I'm, I'm not going I mean, through that again. Zach I'll, watch it. I'll yeah. give it a shot. I, I I have the same reservations, and I recognize that much like Mav, this is this is a me problem, not a TV problem. Uh, it, it's it's not Watchmen. It's not an adaptation of Watchmen. It's a continuation, which I spent a good 20 years of my life feeling like we didn't need it all, and I'm not convinced yet that we do. Yeah, I'm reading one right now. I'm reading one right now, and I'm still not convinced like, you do. Yeah, right. Who needs anything? What do we need? And, and you're right, and, and and that's it. Like you know, it, that's, it's not there to please me. It's a property that that DC owns, and they can do whatever they want with it. Uh, I don't know that it's for me because of my mm-hmm. expectations. Now, now, I mean, this is the person who, whenever they decide to make solo, was like, "We don't need a solo. <laughs> I stand by that." Uh, based on the, I, I will say, I, I think Jeremy Irons as sure. a, an older. Mm-hmm. Ozymandias, I think, is brilliant casting. Uh, the the imagery we've seen of the multiple people wearing Rorschach masks looks to me like multiple people mm-hmm. in the real world wearing guys really vendetta masks. So I think there's some yeah. meta commentary going out. on there. Um, I, I, I and I so I find that a little. Have interesting. you read Damian Lindelof's essay about like what he like wanted to do with Watchmen and like why no. he's writing it? Uh, like he posted it on Instagram at least, but I think he posted it somewhere real. And like that is what like really convinced me the show okay. was like worth watching because he <laughs> he seems to like really respect the source material, but also like acknowledges that it was written like by a white dude for white dudes, and was like, what if we like thirty five years ago? What if what if we like had like women and people of color in the writers room like and wrote a show that was like for not just white dudes? 
Um, I mean, he says it much more eloquently than that, but that, that was like, you know, I think that like, you know, like good, not just adaptations, but also like continuations, um, like also like speak to the original story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that yeah. like, like given like how he like wrote this thing and like, he also like mirrored, um, the text of Watchmen itself. Like he clearly like understands like how it ticks, I think far mm-hmm. more than Zack Snyder, which <laughs> isn't hard. Yeah, th- there have been parts of Doomsday Clock, the the ongoing sequel to to Watchmen that's happening in comics right now, that I thought were very good. Uh, the mm-hmm. and there have been parts that were not. Yeah, the most recent, not the most recent issue, but the one before that focused on Doctor Manhattan. Boy, mm-hmm. that read like an issue of Watchmen. Like you know, that 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 was I thought was really good. Um, and the most recent one um, read like, oh, fuck, we only have one issue left, and we've got to get him and Superman in the same room. Yeah, and and also, oh look, shit, they're introducing the Legion, and we introduced Saturn Girl two years ago, and now we have to suddenly write her out of the story because it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, and fuck you guys, that was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that that just struck me as so arbitrary. Like that's not what they had planned for her, but the world moved on yeah. because they're coming out two years later than they expected to. So you know? so we've resolved nothing about Watchmen. So, so resolve nothing <laughs> yeah yeah there's t- there's tv shows coming out we'll, we'll watch some of them you know nancy <laughs> we'll drew could some. be the best we'll sex- like. nancy <laughs> drew could be good it could suck watchmen could be good it could suck pilots can never let you know uh, who knows but you know it's tv yeah. and you know seriously what are you gonna do not watch tv right <laughs> here's, here's what we can all agree on i think we will miss the good place when it's off the air yeah i'll agree with that yeah i guess I mean, but we'll, have, but we'll have we'll have Riverdale to keep us warm at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to point out that we have a review <laughs> that I wanted to read because I always say at the end of the show, write us a review on iTunes and nobody ever does because you all hate me and you want me to cry. <laughs> you have no idea how sad I am. But Max. You're so vain. You have <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Just gonna, uh, I was I was gonna let you go. I was gonna isolate that and use that just in clips later. But we have a we have a deep, we have a review that says five stars without a doubt the best pseudo academic drinking and swearing with discussion on the modern interwebs with the best theme song smart, smart folk with challenging insights and an inability to take themselves too seriously and that's by Max who wrote our theme song. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he's right. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't take ourselves seriously at all, at all. <laughs> which is always weird when we have guests on. And, you know, you guys, uh, do you guys take your show seriously? Because, oh, yeah. no, I mean, where can people find your show? Uh, well, we've got um, our our website is uh, pilotseasontv.com. And uh, we're on uh, we've got social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and all those. It's just search for at Pilot Season TV. Um, episodes are also on um, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify uh, and Google Play. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. See, that doesn't, that doesn't and, Dan, and, 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 and Dan, you, you, you have another podcast. I do. I Thank you, Wayne. Here. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, um, I actually have a uh, comic book podcast review and conversation podcast called The Comic Book Pit. That's Pit with two T's because we live in Pittsburgh. Um, we uh, record that a couple times a month at the Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. So just giving them a quick plug. But uh, yeah, we talk about comics and comic related uh, topics. We've been doing that since 2008. Mm-hmm. So check us out. You're, you're like the first podcast. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, good shows. Definitely give both of their shows a listen. Uh, Hannah, where can you find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers. Currently, I'm live tweeting, not myself, but someone else reading Little Dorrit, the greatest Charles Dickens novel of them all. You're watching someone reading and tweeting about that. Okay, I'm not. I'm not watching. Okay, it's. I've tried to convince Josh for years to read Little Dorrit. Oh, okay. And oh. so I'm just tweeting his comments to me. I thought you were watching a TV show or an internet show about someone reading Little Dorrit and then tweeting them doing. <laughs> I love Little Dorrit. That would be a real boring show. It's my intrigue, and I'm like. <laughs> 
However, the miniseries of Little Dorrit is very good, especially if you like the kind of costume BBC drama. And actually, uh, The Crown, which has a very good pilot, Claire Foy of The Crown is the main character. And uh, Matthew McFadden, the guy who played Mr. Darcy, is the Bingo. secondary main character. Yeah, I mean, like, like she, you know, she went the whole episode without a, without a reference to Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> just, just, just ram it in there right there at the end. <laughs> Wayne, what about you? Uh, here mostly, uh, an occasional blog post. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris Maverick or on my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. And I've been pretty lazy about updating that too lately. I've been tweeting more. It's, you know, there's, there's ebbs and flows. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast, on Instagram at Vox Popcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Vox Popcast, on our blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you find out about upcoming topics and you can comment on this show, you can give us feedback, you can give us ideas, and if you like the show, and I hope you do because otherwise, why did you sit through this nonsense, then subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor, leave us a five star review on iTunes that helps other people find the show and it makes me happy obviously I've been like whining I did that live on the air right there you want me happy it's pilot season and I need need things to to, you know I'm writing a dissertation and trust us Hannah, I, Katya, when she's here, we need we need the motivation. So leave us a five star review. Writer makes me feel happy. <laughs> uh, I, sure. <laughs> you know you you know you, I, you, I, you I, want reviews mm-hmm. too. Yes. Um, I would like to thank our guests for joining us again. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.